Enterprise Digital Podcast with Ian Aitchison and Barclay Ray, navigating the ever-expanding service management maze. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Enterprise Digital Podcast. Um, I've just been slightly sidetracked by Zoom there, which completely gave me a new message, but we're on the right track. And yes, this is the podcast about all things enterprise and digital. Uh, I'm Barclay Ray and I've got Ian Aitchison as ever. How are you doing? Very, very good. Thank you. Yes, very good, Barclay. What's been fixing or fixating you this week, Ian? What's been grabbing you? I come you? clutching fresh off the, off the press, off the wires, seven ridiculous job titles that will be careers of the future. A lot of what we've been talking about is about how people's jobs are changing. We're talking about how Jobs in the future are much more digitally enhanced and everything has to change. And that's a good thing. Well, a report came out from Cognizant about jobs of the future. And here are, here are seven fun job titles they talk about in the future. Master of Edge Computing. That sounds quite good. That'd be a nice title to have. Fitness Commitment Counselor. Commitment being the key word there. How about this one? Cyber Calamity Forecaster. Oh, that oh, I want that me. one. That's that's yeah. that's me. That's absolutely me. Yeah. yeah. I think there's definitely something here with this one. Human machine teaming managers, teams of humans and machines and managing them together. Business intelligence architect, AR journey builder, and genetic counselor. So there you go. Titles for jobs in a digitally enhanced future. Do you think stupidity? I mean, you've got intelligence. Um, do you think there'll be a stupidity architect as well? Artificially stupid. Yes, that could be interesting. Okay. Well, talking of stupid, no, um, I was going to introduce our guest. Um, <laughs> we've got Doug Tedder on today. Hi, Doug. How are you doing? Sorry, I didn't mean to abuse you too much there. How are you I, doing? You know, that, that's okay. At least at least you got me on the podcast, and I, I feel grateful for, well, I was feeling grateful for that. We'll, we'll see now. At the Don't worry. It's, it, it's downhill from all, uh, downhill from here. Um, <laughs> Good as it gets. Yeah. Doug, uh, great to have you on, and, and and we've spoken many times in the past, and and you do lots of great stuff. Just just give us for for the listener out there who, who might not have come across you before, just very quickly, you know, what sort of things have you done? What do you do? Are you on the right podcast? It, yeah, in ITSM, that's what you do, isn't it, or or not? Primarily, yeah. Primarily, I, I claim to be a service management consultant and, and help folks with governance and process improvement and all the things that you would typically expect from someone that claims to be in service management. I've, I, I, I realized recently that I've been doing this stuff for 20 years. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. The other thing I'm starting to realize is many, many folks on, in the industry are younger than me, and I'm starting to become a little aware of that as well but uh yep it, it's service management that seems to be where i've hitched my wagon for the last few years and uh, having a great time and i'm enjoying it yeah and i'm busy with stuff at the moment lots of things going on yeah i you know i seem to be busy right i mean we we've come through this horrible year where i hardly did anything and now i uh have more things that i can possibly do and i am happier you know, we have a saying here in the U.S. I'm happier than a pig in slop. So oh, we I, say, but never mind. Well, <laughs> I, I was, I didn't know if it was a PG web, uh, you know, podcast or not, but I should have oh, realized. No. I should have realized I could have said what I really meant. But 
Well, I, I mean, we get we get the gist of it anyway. You're, that's good to hear you're, you're busy. And you've got, I mean, you, you write some really great blogs. I appreciate you. the stuff that you've written over the over the years. Um, we're going to explore some of that during the podcast. But um, good, great to have you on. So welcome. My pleasure. Okay, so let's get into the discussion. And um, today, Doug, I mean, I, I, actually, we were just chatting before we started about some aspects of enterprise service. I mean, this is the enterprise digital. Yeah, just checking. Yeah, it is the enterprise digital podcast. W- what does that mean to you, Doug? Because I mean, I, I, I just you were just starting to um, express some quite strong thoughts there, I, I, you know, and around about what what we mean by enterprise service management and, you know, how does that relate to digital and so on? I'm going to make this one of my shorter questions, but I mean, what does it mean to you to, when we, we people start talking about enterprise service management? Is it just replicating what we've done in ITSM in, in other areas of the business or is it more than that? How do you see yeah, it? Yeah. You know, I hope it's not replicating what we've done from an ITSM perspective into the other areas of the business. I, you know, one, one of the challenges that I see with enterprise service management is a, um, and, I, and I think, you know, the sentiment is, is right, but, you know, we've got to come out from under this notion that, that service management is all about, or enterprise service management is about bringing ITSM out into the rest of the enterprise. My gosh, we've got to get out from under that. We, we really have to take an enterprise approach. And, and you know, you, you would think of it be that obvious, but it's not about inflicting, and I'm going to use the word inflicting, what we've done in many instances in many organizations with ITSM upon the rest of the enterprise. It, it really is about taking advantage and, and utilizing technology in a way that benefits the entire enterprise. I, IT is a not just the only thing it does services. Organizations are now products and service organizations. They've been that way for a while. And now we've suddenly started to realize that we've got to look at how we deliver those products and services from an enterprise view, not from a departmental view. And, uh, you know, it, it, God help us, but we, we, many organizations just didn't do a very good job with ITSM and, and just, just to define ESM as moving ITSM concepts out into the enterprise. No, please, God, no. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you're, you're quite strongly opinioned there which is which is good it makes it entertaining what do you think it does or has done wrong that really shouldn't be continued beyond the it walls uh, what do you look at that was so so bad they, they they we stopped right we 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 started to do service management and we stopped um and and typically what i find and and is that we addressed what I call the squeaky wheel, those users, those pesky users that call and complain about things and that the pesky business side of the house that want us to do something different. And and so we put enough bureaucracy around those things so that we could somewhat kind of control it. And then we didn't go any further, right? Rather than looking at service management as a way to enable the organization, we, we looked at service management as a way to control. And, and there's a huge difference in that, Yeah. right? And, and so, you know, IT got a bad reputation out of this. And, and 
you know, some progressive leaders have gotten out from under that. Some progressive IT leaders have gotten out from under that. But that that's the thing I think that is probably one of the biggest obstacles that we've got to overcome from an enterprise service management perspective is quit looking at it as something just the service desk does. Quit looking at it as just something that the IT operations organization does. We have to look at it from holistic enterprise view for this to be successful. And if we just say, oh, I'm just going to roll out my existing ITSM processes and practices across the organization, we're going to fail again. I mean, that's really good stuff. I mean, it, it, when you said earlier, inflicted, and that's 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 quite a emotive word to use. Yeah, we're again, and actually a few episodes back, we we started riffing a little bit on you know setting up a, a sort of anti-consultancy that you know we we're here to ruin your processes. We're here to uh, we're here to lose you money and to you know completely screw your relationship with your customer. And that would be an ideal one. You know, we, we're going to help you to inflict stuff on businesses. What, what do you think went wrong there then? Because you said we stopped. And and I mean, is, is it, I mean, we don't need to go into too much, but in order to avoid making the same mistakes, what, what should we not do or what should we definitely do differently about how we've approached service management that, that's not, that's been, that hasn't worked? Yeah, I, I think the number one thing is to make service management a business initiative, not an IT initiative. That, that's what got in our way. Um, and, and candidly, I was part of some of that, right? Back in the day, when I first got involved in service management, uh, back in the day, it was very much an IT-driven kind of thing. And there, there were lots of good, justifiable reasons why we did what we did back in the day. The problem is that we didn't make it a business initiative. We, we didn't get our business partners involved in why we need to do these things, uh, why it's, it's to their benefit that we optimize the use of technology and ensure that we're tying the use of technology to business outcomes. We didn't do that and we didn't do it very well and it, it became an obstacle. So, so I think the biggest thing that we've got to do in, in service management going forward, it has to be a business initiative and, and, and tie it directly to impactful business outcomes. Can you sort of picture then in an organization, it, it starts it as, a, as a business initiative with senior leadership buy-in across the business, and they reach into different functions in the business and say, right, we're all going to get on board with this service model. We're all going to work in better and different uh, enhanced ways IT, you're going to do it differently. HR, you're going to do it differently. Facilities, you're going to do it differently. Rather than that conversation coming from the CIO saying, we're already doing things differently. We would like everybody else to do what we do. You know, it, it's a, uh, if the CIO can be involved in those conversations early on, I think that's a positive thing. But, but and to your point, it has to be that business conversation that we're all going to do things differently. You know, one of my favorite things to say to, a customer is if it only took one of us to run the organization, then what is the rest of us doing here? And, and quite frankly, it, it, we have to start looking at the organization as a whole. Facilities can't do its job without HR, can't do its job without sales, can't do its job without logistics, can't, and on and on and on and on. And we've, we've got to start to overcome those internal barriers because if we didn't learn anything in the last year, Look how quickly that many businesses were able to pivot because they started looking at things. What outcome do we need to drive? And then what do we need to do together to make that happen? And it happened. Very few organizations had 
the right kinds of governance and policy around working from home. In fact, most of the organizations that I've, I've encountered, their, their, their policy was, this is a perk. Uh, you're privileged to work from home. And then suddenly, you know, one day we were working in the office. The next day we have to work from home. And guess what happened to those policies? Yeah. They ignored them. Funny and, how and, but, but everybody got on board and it, and it made a transformational difference within the organization. So. so what's your view? Do you think when we say enterprise service management, we're talking about the coordinating of work across those different functions, the sort of flow of orchestrated? Is it as simple as that? Everybody working together? Is, is that where that's heading? Yeah, at, at the end of the day, I think that's where it boils down to. I, I think we've got some work to do to get there is to recognize how work does flow across an organization and, and do it at the right level. Uh, you know, we, we just got to come to agreement on those overarching work streams within an organization. Does, does that mean we can just push out a service management tool then? I mean, is, is that <laughs> the answer there? Because there's your flow, right? Is it straightforward as that? Well, uh, and, and, and all due respect to our service management tool vendors, because we need them and, and they do provide a great capability for us. But, but, but what that, the danger of doing just that is we're not going to implement enterprise service management. We're going to implement enterprise silo management. So we've got this great tool, right? But each, each of the individual or parts of the organization is using it separately and distinctly from the other. So I've got a, an HR module and I've got a facilities module and, and, and without extreme pain and suffering, do they talk to one another and, and really map through the flow of work departmentally? Great. I can, you know, I can hire people and I can offer them salaries and all, but, but do I, does that workflow also include seamlessly include all the other entities that need to be involved in that flow? not very often. And, and so we, all we do is perpetuate the silos that are in organizations that enterprise service management ought to be breaking down. So huge difference. Yep. Do we need a tool? Yes, we do. Absolutely. Is it just turning around, you know, the, and, oh, here you go, HR, here's a few licenses of my service management tool for you and go have fun. That would be a mistake. So just to, I mean, I, I completely agree with you and, and I really like the concept of enterprise silo management. Maybe we might have to rename the podcast. So certainly that's, we've got, we've got a title for this episode, enterprise silo management. Um, and and I, I agree. The problem and the problem that we've had, I suppose, for a number of years, because let's face it, we have been talking about this for a while. Many of the vendors have been trying to do this for some time. Many of them have got products or versions of their products or, or modules or whatever that they've created. And, and actually, many of these are, you know, in terms of what they do, they, they, they're, they're, they're very good. Um, yes. The, the challenge, I suppose, one for from a vendor point of view is, who do we go and sell this to? Because, you know, we, we're used to selling this to IT and we don't really, so they maybe don't have the the way into that. But secondly, actually, who do who does anybody sell this to? Because ideally we would say, yes, we should be going to the top of the organization, the kind of governance level and going, you need to be working together, guys. Here's here's a way of doing it. And whilst you might get some initial agreement on that, on a practical level, um, it's a bit of a nightmare, you know, as to how you phase that or how you deal, you know, I know HR have just bought their own tool or IT service management have had a great tool for years, but so which way, so there is, there is this 
challenge, I think, would, and I guess it's what we've been trying to do in this podcast, what we'll continue to do is, is to get the, the message around this as to how we get that out beyond our own little world. You know, we, we're talking about this because we know about it in our world and we can see the issues. In many cases, we are probably the, the ones that can see it as well as, as anybody else. How, what, what's the message that needs to go to the governance level of an organization to really, so that they do get this and they do actually pick it up in the way that Ian described, which is to say, right, well, the top of the organization buys into it, so then it, then it runs through the organization. How, how do we tackle that one? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And I wish I had an easy answer for it. I mean, on, on one hand, if you just look at it theoretically, you know, you go to a chief operating officer or something like that because you, you need the CEO's endorsement, you know, the top of the pyramid's endorsement, but, but somebody's got to actually execute and implement. And in a large organization, that might be a chief operating officer. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean that enterprise service management is exclusive to the bigger organizations, right? It, 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 it can help any organization. So you, you've got to find that person or group, you know, I'm going to steal a phrase from Cotter, that, that guiding coalition that can really drive change in the organization. If we can, if we get the CIO that has the right business orientation and, and has the right influence and, and, you know, understands the business of the business, then, you know, there's a good entryway. Some CIOs are right there. Others are not. So that, you know, we have to be careful about who we approach, but, but it, it's, it's one of those issues that I think, you know, there's no clear cut answer from my perspective. And, and it's something that I've thought about and, and I don't have a ready answer for it. It, it you know, I'm, so I'm going to use my consultant's card and say, it depends. If I have a large organization and they have a COO, I'm going after the COO. If it's a smaller organization, but they have the right influencer at the CIO level and, and have been transformational as a CIO, then I'm going to leverage her. But it really depends on the organization. And um, but but one thing's for clear. One thing is for sure. Um, you go to the modern organization. Technology is interwoven into that fabric now. It, there is no going back. I mean, you, you you know, and we've been saying that for a little while. But I it is it is baked in now. I cannot distinguish a business process from where the technology. I I, I don't know where that line is anymore. Where where business process and technology meet. No, they, they, they don't meet. They're, they're integrated. One is absolutely integrated into the other. And I don't know the difference anymore. And I think that's great, actually. I think that's really good because in the past, I'd get frustrated when someone would describe their business process in Visio with a bunch of diagrams, and there was no way to translate that into the work that people did. Now, what you're describing is, you know what, that diagram, that Visio that you're drawing that describes how you want the business to function with a particular stream of activity, uh, the way you describe it becomes potentially literally the way that people do it because they're using that same, it's, it's not two, two definitions, it's one. The technology is completely blended with the doing of the work. And I think that's, you know, that's one of the things. And, and, and so a couple of learnings that I've had personally in the last six months, I, I've, I've thought that way for a while. And, and I thought we were beyond business IT alignment. And I'm learning very quickly that we're not there yet. We're still chasing this thing called business IT alignment. I, I thought, gosh, we're, 
aren't we beyond that by now? And, and I'm finding out for many organizations that that is not true. Uh, I, again, I think the last year has been a wake-up call for many organizations that, wow, we weren't aligned, but look what happens when we do become aligned and, and we get, you know, look what it, we are capable of. So I, I think we have a great opportunity and the timing is perfect. Uh, and, um, you know, I, it's the way forward, in my opinion. So, I mean, we, we've talked before about con- about context and convergence. I mean, context is the consultancy watchword really isn't it as to how we approach and and you know I, I suppose one of the challenges or the success factors of how we can socialize this will be the success of some of those vendor organizations and their sales forces to go out and be able to get the message across but that's quite difficult to to give them you know it's not just do this then that and then ask that question it's um it depends it depends it depends and then it, it depends if it's this you do that if it's this it could be that it could be one of a number of different things so that that really would be one one big challenge there that the practical side of how it gets sold um may, may be one of the limiting factors what, what do you think on a practical level would be you know a, a couple of good things that would help to to push the enterprise message, how how could we get that across? Uh, I don't know more, more more succinctly or more easily. Because I mean, you know, in IT silo management, we've we've been we've managed to confuse everybody for years with you know the difference between an incident and a problem and all that sort of thing. Uh, when we get to enterprise service management, we want to keep nice, simple business messages. What, what what do you think we could do, Doug? Just just practically in the next few years to really promote that message. Yeah, I, I, that, that's another great question. My, Sorry, my it's another long is, one. Sorry, that's, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Hey, I was, I was, uh, I was taking notes just so I didn't forget anything that you were asking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, um, practically, we, we've got to ride. I, I think there's a couple of things that we can ride here, right, to to get that message in. You know, the, the world has suddenly become enamored with this thing called AI or whatever that means, right? And, and automation and orchestration and machine learning. And we're just touching the surface of that kind of thing. And, and what I hope that the AI vendors recognize, first of all, great stuff, right? Good stuff. Lots of things that we can do with AI already. We're just at the beginning of this journey. Um, but but I, what I hope the AI vendors recognize is without this enterprise view, their overall success for automation and machine learning is going to become limited because we don't, they don't take them in the end view. They, they, we can automate this process and we can learn. Okay. And unless that process goes across organizational boundaries, yeah, you'll, you'll, it's, it's like the, um, I always use the example. It's like speeding up the middle of the conveyor belt at the grocery store, right? If, if you don't take the end to end view, you, you, Okay, so you sped up the middle of it. So what? So so that uh, practically, there, there's perhaps one way to move it forward. The the other another practical way I think to move it forward, and and this may be the other side of the of the conversation here is, you know, we're all we're all kind of excited and enamored with this thing called digital transformation right now, right? And, and again, another thing we've been talking about for a while. But I can't tell you the number of organizational leaders that still don't have a grip on what it really means to transform or do digital transformation, right? 
uh, they, they digitized an analog form and while well, we digitally transformed, we, we basically moved the paper form into a SharePoint site or a Google Docs site or something like that. And now we're able to manage it electronically. Great first step, you have not transformed. What's, what's your definition of that then? What's, what is your definition of digital? Because I mean, it, in a sense, we could say that ESM is a, is a type of digital transformation or not? Yeah, that, that's, um, so two things. Let me answer the first question first. What, what is my definition of digital transformation? And, and uh, I, I, I have two definitions for it. One, it's, it's the in, uh, you know, uh, development and implementation of new business models, brand new business models based on the use of technology. The, the other definition I have for digital transformation is a radically new way of doing existing business models using technology. And, and so that second definition kind of leads me to enterprise service management. I, I, I had a, my thinking on this is starting to change. I, I had originally a few years back when I kind of pontificated about this a little bit, I, I, I kind of thought that one enabled the other, that, that digital transformation could enable further enterprise service management and enterprise service management could enable further digital transformation. And, and what I'm starting to realize is that enterprise service management in and of itself, if, if we do the things that we've been talking about, you know, looking at it from an enterprise perspective and, and, and getting workflow across the organization, that is a radical new way of doing existing business using technology. And, and so I'm starting to think about and, and look at enterprise service management as a form of digital transformation. Um, it may not impact you know, the external customer, right? The end customer, but it sure will change the way that we do business inside of the business if we do it well. Yeah, I, I, I talked and wrote a blog a little while back about this, about there's the strategic digital transformation, which is that changing what the business does. But then there's the operational level of digital transformation, which is changing how people work. So the business yes. may do the same thing, but the people doing the work are much more efficient in the way they do that work. And that's a operational, not a strategic, but it's still transforming the job. It's transforming yes. what people do. Yeah. yeah. And, and so many organizations struggle with appearing to the customer as one organization, right? Yeah. Sales doesn't know what, what inside sales is doing, doesn't know what, the, you know, and, 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 and they sometimes struggle appearing to the customer as a, as a, as a single entity. And that comes um, with size as well, doesn't it? The larger it does. Gets, the yeah, more it does. And, and this is where I see enterprise service management helping is that, that we understand that we're working together as an organization and, and we recognize, you know, how one part of the organization interacts and impacts another. So I, I think that to the, to that definition, that's transformational for many organizations and, and it could, and we've got to have technology to make that happen. And, um, so that, that's kind of my newer thinking around that. Uh, I've just recently mm -hmm. kind of started to change my thinking around the relationship or the difference, if there is one, between digital transformation and enterprise service management. And I'm starting to see, to your point, Ian, it's, you know, maybe it's the operations and that's, that's transformative. It's still good, right? There's nothing wrong with that. It's great. No. Improving that. No. It's an awesome thing. I think it's, I mean, just just sort of round, rounding off there, I mean, that's it good place because what we're saying is that we need we need to understand our organization and, and you know as part better 
you know, and, and we've all talked about various things like, you know, how we do mapping and how we see things going across and all, all that kind of good stuff. But that, that, that's, that's an enterprise-wide activity that we need to do. We, we need to better understand how the left arm needs to know how the right arm works and, and, and so on. So the, the, that bigger picture is context and, and convergence. Exactly. And, and, and every organization, you know, this, I think what it can do for us and can do for organizations is really give us what I would call a hyper-focus on, on achieving goals and objectives. I mean, we go through this, this process every year where we, where we identify goals and objectives for the year and how are we going to get there? And, uh, you know, this, this, you know, we, you know, I, I always use, sculling, you know, the, the rowing, you know, in, in the Olympics, all of all, everybody in the boat has to row in the same way, but, but each person in that boat has their own oar. And if one person isn't quite pulling, it, it impacts the entire boat. This really brings it to bear. It, you know, if we start looking things at an enterprise perspective, we all have a part to play. We, we're not diminishing any one particular organization's contribution. We're in, in fact, enhancing that contribution, augmenting that through enterprise service management. Okay, that's that's really good. I think we'll we'll just draw a line under the conversation there. Thank you. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Okay, so that's that's been a really good conversation. I've got around a number of aspects there of service management enterprise and silo management, various different types of silo management, and actually really good uh, context on what we need to, how we need to think, I suppose, and how we need to understand and discover our own organizations to uh, to be successful. Doug, thank you very much for your contribution there. That's really good stuff. Uh, how, how do people, how do people find you? Where, where are you in the world? Oh, well, you know, there's, uh, there's always my website, the very creatively better.com. Of course, you can find me on LinkedIn and, and those kind of things at Twitter. Again, another very creative Twitter handle at Doug Tedder. So, <laughs> starting to see a pattern here. No, anyway, no, that's where you can find me. <laughs> Talking of patterns, uh, I know as you are a very keen listener to this podcast series, Doug, you will know the pattern where we like to conclude every podcast episode with a recommended drink to our audience. So, um, I know you've been preparing for some weeks for this. I have been, you know, we were chatting before we started recording that, that, that I, I always tell my clients or I often tell my clients that that service management makes a heck of a lot more sense after a couple of beers, but my drink of choice, I've, and when we're, I've been working through a, a, a lovely bottle of Woodford Reserve uh, and um, it, it is quite smooth, very tasty. Is that wine? Um, Just to jump to. That is bourbon. Bourbon. My brain translated that to wine. It's bourbon. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. Woodford Reserve. It is a bourbon and uh, very nice, very smooth and uh, uh, usually straight. Maybe once in a while with an ice cube or two, but usually straight. I do enjoy it. I mean, I, I know it's absolutely sacrilegious for me as a Scotsman to say that I enjoy any other type of whiskey, but I, I do like a good bourbon. So that, that sounds good. We'll need to look that one up. Thank you for that. We will start to be presenting them on the bar soon. And um, yeah, we'll see you again sometime. Uh, what's coming up next? I'm not completely sure who's happening, who's our next guest, but looking forward to uh, 
catching up again in, in a week or so, Ian. We'll say thank you to Doug. And uh, any final thoughts, Ian, for today? Final thoughts? No, I, I'm just returning back to the possibility of, you know, my, should my future career include cyber calamity forecaster or human machine teaming manager? Um, I think probably cyber calamity forecaster. That's very appealing. Uh, I, I still remain as the uh, stupidity architect, but um, we'll leave it there. Okay, thanks a lot. Cheers. Thanks. See you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.